This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone. Uh, hope everyone is uh, enjoying their Saturday. Welcome to the Author Showcase, the podcast where we show love to those who uh, uh, got a book coming out or they've written a blog or they want to help someone uh, get published. Those are the type of people that we have on this show. And today we have uh, a great guest here on today. And um, his name is D. Orlando Fortune. Yes, sir. Mr. Fortune, how are you doing today? I am very happy. I am mantastic. Uh, don't hopefully no feminists take offense, but I am mantastic today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hardly ever hear that word before, but. <laughs> I, it's, it's because of the footballs in me. I got some wins in me, so I'm feeling real manly today. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, uh, you know, you are doing this podcast, uh, you know, right in the thick of, uh, you, you got college football, you got mm -hmm. uh, you got the NFL. So, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I see that manliness coming in. <laughs> so it's it's all good. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, first of all, uh, tell everyone who you are and what you do. All right. Yeah. Uh, my name is D. Orlando Fortune. I go by my last name, Fortune. I am a self-publishing strategist for coaches and consultants who want to write a book and then use that book to grow their business. Um, I created a proprietary method of being able to get your book out of your head in less than four hours just using a few websites and your cell phone. Um, so what, what type of services do you offer? My main services is uh, walking people through the self-publishing process. Um, I do, uh, for the most part, try to bring in clients who just want me to do my thing, right? They just kind of have them come in, uh, or usually on Zoom right, at this point, where they just tell me the content they want to create. Um, and then we just pretty much handle the rest of it. Publishing, uh, right, uh, writing the book, getting the editing done, covers, all that stuff. And basically, my authors are like, they just kind of like, yeah, I like that. And no, change that one. Like, they just give feedback while we do all we do the work for them. Um, do, do you see like a trend in, you know, people going the self publishing route versus going the, the uh, going through a traditional publisher? Um, so it's, it's, it's back and forth. I think there's more towards the like the business or the nonfiction type of books that there are more and more authors are going that route as far as um, as far as self-publishing goes. There's more fiction authors I see are coming out, putting their own stuff out there because it's easy to just put out much easier for them to put out a book onto Amazon and start building their own follow, uh, following the readership, the audience and platform using um, fiction. Right. Um, but the nonfiction, it's kind of both as back and forth. Um, you got memoirs and so forth that are going out all the time. And there's also these people that are creating their own, um, they're self-publishing their own books. So it's, it's, I don't see how much of a trend on the nonfiction side changing too much right now. Uh, and I understand that you wrote a book too, and we'll get to that in a minute. Oh yeah. Uh, but 
uh, what are the seven questions to answer uh, when it turns um, to, what are the seven questions to answer to write mm -hmm. the right book for the right reason and for the right reader? Oh, what does that look excellent. like? Uh, excellent. So what we're talking about here is what I call the six WH questions. And give me a second. I want to make sure I answer, I, I say them the way I, I present them in the book. Um, okay. basically, basically what we're, what we're doing here, when you go the traditional route of publishing, they, uh, the, the publishers want you to come up with a book proposal. And there's certain information that they want you to have in that book proposal. Like, is there an audience? What is, uh, where, is there a market for your, do you have an audience? Is there a market for what you want to publish? Um, who are the competitors? Like, what are the other books out there? What is the content you're going to have? And why should you be the one doing it? These are kind of the criteria. And it's like 30, 40, it could be 30, 40 pages long inside uh, for this book proposal. And they look at it and try to determine whether they want to bring you on um, as, as one of their authors, okay? So the six WH questions is basically a simplified format of that. But it's, again, geared towards you being a being self-published. So what we want to do is, first out of this, determine who it is that you want to, who are you trying to publish for? One of the biggest questions that you have is, uh, one of the biggest things that I have is people saying, my book is for everyone. No, no. <laughs> no, it may be for everyone, but when you write a book that's for everyone, it kind of, it, it misses a lot of the people um, because you're writing abroad. You're writing very broad. I'll give you, for example, my first book, Unlimited Potential, was written for my kids. I wanted to write something for them to be able to step into their own potential. But there's so many people who've read that book and said, I feel like he was talking to me. I'm like, you ain't my kid. You're not my child. <laughs> so I, but that's what happens when you write towards a specific individual. Um, when you go into uh, the other piece is about when. So again, we're talking about six WHs, the same thing you do in typical writing. Um, you got when you want to have this book published. I, it's, I like to know when you want to have the book published because in self-published, you can publish whenever you want to. You don't have to wait till the traditional publisher says, I'm going to put you out on a schedule 18 months from now, and maybe it'll come out if nothing changes out in the marketplace, right? So when do you want to publish this? Because it tends to get that fire lit on them. There's a lot of people who want to write a book and they've been thinking about it for years. So let's get a set of date and get um, build a plan towards that. Because if I can help you get the book out of your head very quickly, it's really a matter of when do you want to publish this book? Then we have, what do you, what do you want to publish? So this is about what is the content that you're actually going to, to produce. Okay. Um, it's, People want to talk about a whole broad spectrum of information because they're experts. There's a coach or a consultant or a speaker. You can talk a long time about your subject. But the thing is, we want to narrow it down to one specific subject because people nowadays, they don't want to, they, they don't really sit down and read 300 page books anymore. But you give them five 70 page books and they'll read them all over the course of a, of a couple of weeks. I don't know what that's about. I don't know. But you give them a short top, uh, short book shorter book on one topic. Then we need to know why you want to write that book. Um, like why, why, why is that book important right now? Why do you need to have that book out there? Why, why do they need, why does your, um, why does your reader need to have that book? Then you're going to tell them uh, how they're going to change. What is it that you're, how they're going to change? Okay. What is a, basically what is the transformation you're going to give them? What is the process you're going to have in there? Um, and then once they finish that book, the next question is where? So since I work with coaches and consultants, the book People think they're going to make a lot of money from the book, okay? Um, now, the thing is, you're not probably going to make a lot of money from the book. <laughs> 
People say on on you have a best selling book, you may sell fifteen thousand copies and make about thirty forty thousand dollars off of it. Everybody's not Michelle Obama, okay? You're not gonna make millions from your book. So the idea with I'm teaching with the authors is that we need to know where they're going next after they buy the book. What is the next step? Are they coming to a coaching program? Are you selling some type of mini course? Are they coming to a speaking event? That's the type of thing. Where are they going next? And finally, what is the transform, uh, which leads to a transformation? Every book needs to lead to a transformation. So you shouldn't just be reading it just to get more information. Plenty of information. You know that. There's plenty of information on the internet all over the place. What are transformation are you giving people when they read your book? Uh, what does crafting your book mean and how can our listeners do it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Crafting the book. Here's the idea about crafting a book. I don't have people write their book from beginning to end. And sometimes people have content that is already created, whether that's YouTube or blog posts or things of that nature. They have information and content that they've already created. So crafting a book is about pulling information and putting it together in the book. You're literally crafting a document. You're creating a, uh, a transformation through the content that you're putting in there. And it might not be exactly word for word uh, that you can, that came out of your head. So you have to engineer and change those words out, right? It may not be that what you say, you might be writing on chapter three today, tomorrow might be writing on chapter nine, and next day you might be writing on chapter one. And then we're going to put those put those words and those, cha- and those uh, sections in the places they need to be. Because even though you wrote on chapter three, something you said in there actually needs to be in chapter five. So we're actually putting together that book. So the idea is to get the information out of you, find other supporting content that you may have, um, and then put together the book in a way that leads leads the reader through a journey, okay? Remember, they are going on a journey and you are the guide through that journey. Now, one of the best things to remember here is that you probably, you getting and reading the, writing the book doesn't mean you're gonna, cause you got ideas of how you want it to be read, read right? You know exactly what you're saying, what you're taking the journey, you're taking them on. So we need a, a, somebody outside of us to read the book and tell us if what we're saying, what we're trying to say is coming across the way we want to say it, okay? So that's why you need an editor to help you finish crafting the book to make you sound as good as you are, okay? Because it's very hard to actually write the book. Look at this thing, camera going over here. Um, very hard to write the book and and make it sound just like you unless you're a very accomplished and very talented writer. That's why we have editors to make you sound beautiful. Well, this is kind of hard, you know, you know, I, I do chapter three, then I skip over to chapter five, mm-hmm. then I skip over chapter nine. That's kind of hard for me to, you know, do. I read a star from chapter one, mm-hmm. you know, you know, then go up. I think, you know, that'd be easy, you know, rather than, you know, go from three to five, then five to nine or something like that. I don't see how people do it. So here, here's the here's the idea. Because um, again, it also depends on your system. This is part of the system. So in the system that I when I when I, when I work with my authors, we have laid out the all the chapters, right? We laid out the content, and then I have them turn their chapter their their content into questions. And so now you're basically just answering the questions that you that's in front of you. Now the challenge comes in and basically trying to connect. The, chap, the, the, the sections that you've already written now. But it's the same thing I've done. I'm in the middle of writing my dissertation right now. I have all this different research that I'm putting together for my PhD, right? But I'm not writing everything from beginning to end. This piece of research I got right here is gonna support this and maybe it supports this idea over here. I need to know where all this information is 
put it in the right place and then make sure the journey go is fluid. And again, that's where the editors come in to help make sure it's flowing the way it needs to flow. But again, this is a process. Every If you need to go start from chapter one and go all the way through, either way, after you finish, you still got to make sure what you said is in the right order because it's very easily not getting in the right order. Oh, okay. I, I, I see what you're saying. That, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked a lot about the story framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain why that's important? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I believe in the power of storytelling, period. I believe in the power of storytelling. The, and the story formula is a process where we're going to take the reader on a journey, not from, from beginning to the end of the book, and then for each chapter. Because here's the thing. People, a person may pick up your book, especially a nonfiction book. They're going to pick up your book, and they may just start in the middle, Okay. Um, or they may, they, so they may only look in the, they look at the table of chapter, uh, table of contents, and we're going back to chapter three since it's a popular chapter right now. <laughs> they may go to chapter three, and that might be the only chapter they read. Are you going to take them on a small journey in that chapter? Okay. The story formula is the process of how we take, um, how I teach people to use creative writing and persuasive writing in your text. Okay. So that, and it's a very, it's a very simple. Uh, acronym. The S stands for uh, make a statement. So what are you talking about? What is the book about? What is this one chapter about? Okay. Remember it's doing both. T stands for tell a story. So we want to connect people to the story so they understand either where it came from or something they introduced this chapter. So they understand, so they get into the chapter. Story has a way of engaging both sides of the brains and gets people emotionally invested into what you're saying. So you do the same thing in each chapter, a, a story in the beginning of your book, you need to have a story in the beginning, telling a little bit more about you or whatever the process is on how you learned where you, what you're about to teach them. The O's, there's four O's in there. What is the obstacle that people are facing? What is the opportunity? What, is, what are the, uh, the objectives? Means what are the steps? And what are the objections they have to it? If you take care of all those, you speak to the pain, you show them what to, where you're going, you give them steps on how to get there, and then you overcome the objections such as, I don't think I can do that. Well, if you talk about that in that chapter, how they're going to be able to do whatever it is that you're teaching them to do in there, now they feel more confident to do it. And then you come around, next is the R's, okay? The R's are reviews and a a review and reviews, okay? Reviews, meaning people that have done what you've done, some case studies or some testimonials from someone who's taken it, who made that happen in their life. It could be from you or it could be from somebody that's very popular or whatnot that people can recognize, oh, that person did it. That's how they did it. So it means it brings it home like this is actually true, not just someone spitting theory. And then the review of the chapter, then finally start with, it finished with why. Why stands for your ensuing step or yes, okay? We got to get them saying yes to something. Either they're going to take some action step or we try to get them to read the next chapter or something to that, to that nature or to go grab a download, to watch a video or something. Get them taking some type of action, make them say yes to something. Uh, we may have someone in the audience who, you know, are saying, you know, I'm afraid to, <laughs> you know, to write a book or yep. they feel that, you know, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. What kind of words can you give to them? Oh, man. This is home because here, here's the thing. What am, a lot of my authors, I say about half of them so far, uh, I've actually had to hit the submit button for them. 
<laughs> like we've done everything. Everything's uploaded on Amazon and they're afraid to submit it so that it actually becomes live. So I get that. And for me, my first book, I wrote the first draft of it when I was locked up in jail. I really, I literally had a legal size paper. I had like four, four or five pages folded up. I drawn out the cover on there, table of contents and wrote, wrote this, what I thought was going to be the book, right? When I got released from jail, I, I going into Thanksgiving, I said, I need to have this book written. So I took it, the little typed, uh, written out pages and I typed it up, right? And it was like 20 pages of glory. At least that's what I thought it was, right? I thought it was going to be awesome. And um, I didn't do anything with it because I was talking about what it would be like to change your life, to step into your potential. And I was worried that I might go back out to doing the stuff that got me locked up in the first place, right? And the book was about not doing that. So I spent the next 18 months living out my own principles and strategically changing my life. And it was a woman named Cashel Kelly, my um, spiritual business coach, who challenged me to stop, telling, stop taking God's glory and tell his story. And when she said that to me, something changed in me. Something touched me and said, all right, I'm being selfish. And that's what I like to say. One thing is if you have a message that's supposed to change someone's life, if God has put something on your heart to transform your life, God, light, universe, energy, whatever you want to call it, the glue of this world, whatever you want to call that is put something on your heart to change people's lives and you're holding it in. That's selfish. Absolutely selfish. It's on you to go out there and, re and release that and change the person's life that you're supposed to be changed, even if it's one person. Some of you change a thousand, some of you change millions. Get that book out. And it might need someone like me just saying this right now <laughs> or someone, another, another coach saying, put that book out. It's okay. If it's put on your heart, you're supposed to be telling someone. So there might be some like procrastination or... <laughs> uh, or they feel that, you know, everything got to be perfect, mm -hmm. you know, or I'm dealing with what is called the imposter uh, syndrome. Mm -hmm. So how can uh, how can the audience overcome those? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So my second book is actually called Overcoming Procrastination, right? Um, the idea of this book was actually being able to use procrastination in your favor, and people are like, well, what? How do you <laughs> procrastination isn't a good thing? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm warning that to you. I'm like, you know, procrastination. That's not a good thing. How can I make procrastination, you know, work for me? I'm, you got me curious now. Here's the thing: most people use procrastination by default. Like, I don't want to do this thing over here, so I'm just gonna like, I'll get to it later. This here's what here's the thing though: when you find out what you learn about the high achievers, they procrastinate too. But they they, sought, they determine what specifically they're going to procrastinate on based on their goals. So I'm going to procrastinate on certain activities and behaviors that are not going to move me forward. That's using procrastination. I'm going to I'm going to not do some things, but I'm going to determine what I'm procrastinating on and not let it be an emotional decision. Procrastination is usually emotional decision. When I make it a logical decision, now I'm using it in my favor. Now, oh wow, that's 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 a really neat spin, you, you know, on doing that. Because a lot of times when we procrastinate on stuff, you know, we get all in our feelings. Yeah, absolutely, immediately, and then you know, and then you know immediately when it's something that you don't that you know you should be doing, it makes you feel even worse. I'm like, you you know, I got to do this, but man, I just don't feel like it. 
blah, 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 blah. Now I'm all in my emotions. Next thing either, you know, a week has gone by, a month has gone by, a year has gone by, and I still have not taken care of that. But the, the, you know, but if I use it in a logical sense, it's actually, okay, if I need, if I need to get something done, that means I can't do certain things. I had to put certain things on in order mm -hmm. to make that sacrifice, you know, to get what I need, you know, done that is a priority. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Because a lot of people, when you, high achievers get a lot of stuff done. Now, there are certain people that do a lot, period. There are certain people that just get a lot of stuff done. But a lot of other people determine what is most important. And it seems like they're getting a lot of stuff done because they're finally finishing more stuff. Okay? Instead of it taking me a week to finish something, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hold off on doing X, Y, and Z and focus on this. And because all of my energy is focused on accomplishing this one project, instead of it taking a week to get done, it only takes two days. So now I can move on to the next project. And that next two-week project now gets done in a week. So it seems I started getting more things done because I'm focusing on one, procrastinating on the next project. I'm determining what I'm procrastinating on based on what I want to get done. Now, here's the other side. I want to speak to the idea of the emotions and uh, speak uh, going um, years and years or months and months without doing something and the emotional buildup that occurs because of that. There, there's a Tim Pitchell. He's a, he's a researcher on procrastination. He says one of the biggest things that and most important things that we must do when we're trying to overcome our procrastination is to forgive yourself. Because I can hold on to the guilt and shame of not having done something I said I was going to do. I might have told you I was going to do it and I didn't get it done. I announced to the world I was going to be an author and I didn't finish the book. And now I feel guilt and shame because of that. And it makes it more difficult to even go get started. But Tim Pitchell says we must forgive ourselves so that we can begin the process of actually achieving and getting things done, being productive again. Now, part of the reason, <laughs> I let that set a second, but part of the reason that we are able, that we start procrastinating is because of that imposter syndrome, or we also have the idea of, um, for, uh, we have the analysis for process by analysis, and that we also have that perfectionism. Now, these three things I talk about in that book because I'm trying to figure out this idea of self-limiting beliefs. These are all self-limiting beliefs, okay? Analysis paralysis says, I don't have enough information to get started. Perfectionism says, I need to be perfect even though I know I'll never be perfect. <laughs> it, and it's crazy, right? Um, you know, so we have to go into this. And oh, excuse me, imposter syndrome says that I'm not good enough. And guess what? Guess what, bro? Get, get, did you know this? Most people, 75% plus of the people who suffer from imposter syndrome are high achievers. That's crazy. They're a high achiever, but they still keep thinking they're going to find out. I don't, I'm not as good as I think I am, as I, as I, as they think I am. Or one day the shoes, the other shoes going to fall. They're going to find out that I'm a fraud, but that that's not what we need to worry about. When it comes time for us, this procrastinating on the books and so forth. Again, when I start looking at myself, I'm being selfish. If I'm worried about this book being perfect, I'm being selfish. If I'm worried about having so much information, not having enough to go publish the book, I'm being selfish. Because guess what? Especially in this day and age, I can go out and edit the book anytime I want to. I can publish a book today and next week edit it and republish it, the same book. <laughs> 
Yo, get it done. Forgive yourself for not having got done for the book to, at this point and get it done. Put it out there. Okay, we have about 10 minutes yeah. uh, here. So uh, um, is, is there a such thing as writer's block? Okay, so this is a tough question because it, that is a belief set, a, a mindset, okay? It's a belief. I don't believe in writer's block. And here's why. Unless, unless you truly don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. If you don't know what you're talking about, yeah, you got writer's block because you don't know what to say because you don't have the information. But here's the thing. Have you ever met someone who's so into a subject that you ask them a question about it and they couldn't talk about it for minutes or hours? No. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, I actually, you know, met people that is so, uh, you know, just so knowledgeable about a different topic that they can actually talk about it for hours. <laughs> I, I have. Exactly. So think about that. Think about that. If you can talk about it for hours, the only difference between a book and you speaking is someone transcribing what you're saying. You don't have writer's block. You just have a problem with getting the information out of your head in a written form. We get the information out either nowadays with phones that transcribe for you, or we hire services like rev.com or go on to fiverr.com or whatever, Upwork, and have someone transcribe what we're saying and what we, what we said, and you don't have a problem writing. The other side of that is, are you prepared? If you have a structured way of what you're going to say, and you, again, use the process, what I call the four brain strategy, and you've turned those into brain prompts. Here's the thing, it's a, psych, a, a psychological trigger. Our brain does not like open loops. That's the reason why someone asks you a question, what was, an, what was that person's name from a movie, and you know it, and you can't remember it at the time? Your brain does not let it go. Uh, an hour later, a day later, all of a sudden, that person's name pops up in your head because your brain is still looking for the answer. So if that's the way your brain works, why not, why not use that to your advantage? We write questions to prompt our brain for the answers, that, for the content that we want to write in our book. When I ask myself on a question about how do I get started writing a book, I can write that immediately. But if I look at my blank page and be like, dang, how do I want to start my book? Hmm, I could. <laughs> it makes it more difficult. Use the way the brain works. So um, do they use that, you know, because I think when I think of writer's block, you know, as a mentality, I think that's when procrastination decides, yeah. you, you know, to follow, you know, I think it's like another excuse. It is. You know, to put, you know, to put off writing the book. No, it, it can, it, it most definitely can be. It most definitely can be. Because uh, if there's an idea of um, uh, Pomodoro method, okay? Pomodoro method talks about, it's about writing, about working and focused blocks of time. Okay, whatever the activity is. So if we use Pomodoro block, uh, Pomodoros, that means I'm only going to work on one activity for the next 25 minutes. I cannot look at social media. I'm not listening to music. I'm not doing anything else. So if I have a Pomodoro block that says I'm supposed to write for the next 25 minutes, I can't do anything but that. Now you think about that. If you have that much discipline, are you going to sit there and waste your day staring at a computer without writing something when you could have prepared yourself <laughs> ahead of time like this is?
I'm not sure what's going on here. Uh, hopefully we can get that straight. Get my writing today. Uh, real quick, uh, what can you go through some of the books that you have written? Yes, sir. Yes, uh, my first book is Unlimited Potential, How to Stop Living with Fear, Doubt, and Uncertainty. That book specifically is about mindset. I talk about how, uh, how people are going from their purpose and realize that, that finding your purpose isn't something that you're going to find out on the street or looking somewhere most of the time, that God cannot steer a parked car. So you need to just get moving on something and God's going to start guiding you in a path that you need to go on. But there's some roadblocks you're going to hit along the way. So we got to get the right attitude, the right beliefs, and the right commitments towards your personal mission. And that's how we start living, unleashing our unlimited potential. That second book is called Overcoming Procrastination. We spoke about a little bit already about the uh, how to use procrastination, but also on overcoming these limiting beliefs. But the idea inside of that book is how do I start getting more focused and start eliminating distractions so I can get things done more efficiently. And I teach a formula called the race formula about, and it's about how to break down any goal in less than 15 minutes, right? You can break it down very simply and know exactly what you need to do next. Overwhelm is usually a result of not knowing what to do next. And that's kind of what that imposter syndrome might be too. You're over, not uh, imposter syndrome, but um, writer's block because you're overwhelmed. Your brain's like, ah, and you get overwhelmed with emotion. I can't do this and that, all this stuff coming up, right? So we want to be beat that overwhelm by better planning. My last book was called, is called uh, The Four Hour Book. It used to be called How to Write a Book in Four Hours, but it was kind of hard to type that all in. So The Four Hour Book, and that book specifically takes you through your signature book formula on how to write a book for your business. Do you think that, uh, like, if, you know, we have a lot of professionals out there. Do you think that, you think they should write a book? Well, hold on. Do I need to step? You see, do you see my shirt? What did it say right there? You're only one book away. Okay. What that means is, you're only one book away from the next breakthrough in your life or in your business. Now that goes two sides. One side of that is about you reading the right book to give you that change, right? It's something that's gonna connect the dots for you and you're gonna make a change in your life or in your business. The other side of that is if you have that book in you, it's time for you to write the book. That book is gonna help clarify the ideas that you have, the strategies you have, your belief systems you have, the values that you have, are going to have to be very clear in order for you to write that book. So it's beneficial. I've had, I've had um, authors on my podcast who one of my questions to them is like, how has writing a book changed? How, what have you learned from writing a book outside of how to write a book? And a lot, over and over and over, I hear from coaches who have written books that say writing the book was healing. It was therapeutic. They're getting the ideas out there, telling their story. So yes, Absolutely. You got to get that book out here. Absolutely. One book away. Uh, you mentioned that you uh, spent some time mm -hmm. uh, in prison, you know, as well. Um, so um, what, what lessons have you learned for that, you know, from that experience? And, um, and did that also attribute you to engage in writing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Fantastic question. Yo, um, so I didn't begin bad, 
like I didn't go down a path. I mean, I graduated from high school with a, a full scholarship to go play division one baseball. I graduated with honors. Okay. I went to Howard university. Whoa, H you. I had to throw that out there. <laughs> I graduated. So and I started all four years in college. When I graduated from college, I had opportunity to go play pro ball for the Montreal Expos. I got recruited to come up there. And I also graduated with honors there with a degree in accounting. Now I decided to become a government accountant, which is, Obviously, an oxymoron. Government government accounting should not be next to each other. But anyway, that's a whole other story. The yeah. so I <laughs> so, so somehow to me, you know, uh, government and money is like oil and water. You know, it it never should it mix. mix. It don't mix ever. Right. That's another whole another conversation. A whole other conversation, right? So I, my point is, I didn't. I had plenty of opportunities. You know, uh, my life was going right. I was raised right. And then I started messing around with the, I used to just have a little fun, drink a little bit and have smoke a little weed, things of that nature, whatever, doing as a 20 year old dude might, you might try. And then I messed around, started making money with real estate investing. And I was told this is the rich man's drug, the cocaine. And that's when I started going downhill. When I started doing that stuff, I went to a whole nother level of doing stuff. I said, I'd never do in my life, stealing and deception, all that type of stuff I was doing. And I ended up landing there in jail multiple times, but the last stint was for nine months while I was waiting to see if they want to send me to prison for 12 years. So something about, I could do a month. Okay, I could do a couple weeks, right? I had gotten used to that. That was all right. But something about 12 years <laughs> was like, I think I need to change. And um, God had been telling me for years. I've been, because I've been still, I was, I was a guy that would go to the dope dealer and we'll start talking about him about how he could change his life and try to, I, I was still reading personal development books all while I was getting high, listening to Christian music and everything. So God was trying to tell me the whole time, but I wasn't listening. I wasn't trying to do it. I said, God, you got me. I'll be there when I'm ready. And he sat me down and said, it's time. <laughs> so that's what happened to me is I, I made that shift in my life because I asked God to save me one more time and I would do, I would follow his will. And that's what I've been doing. Uh, you have certainly, uh, you know, came a long way, uh, you know, from being in prison to, you know, being as info with your author, mm -hmm. you got your own publishing company, and um, now you're going for your PhD. Yes, sir. Uh, and you really dropping some knowledge here. Hey, man, I'm dropping what is given to me. It was freely given to me. I'm going to give it out for free, unless you want to buy a book. <laughs> uh, some of those books that that you mentioned you know i might have to you know i might have to you know really consider you, you know buying those um i've been writing since 1991 and mm -hmm. i think in 2014 or something somewhere now i think it was 2004 is when my first book came out okay that's what's up and i was dealing with some of the same things that and i was dealing with some of the things uh, you know, that you had talked about. It's been a couple of years since I have, uh, you know, written a book. I would like to go back to it, but, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of things, I've been dealing with a lot of things and that would, you know, kept me from, you know, from continuing writing. So, yeah. and after hearing, you know, what you're hearing, you know, I have to make some sacrifices, <laughs> you know, there so you that go. I'm able to return to you know, writing. So I thought about that as he was, you know, talking, you know, yeah, I need to really get this next book, mm -hmm. you know, out. 
Um, so real quick, uh, how can people be able to uh, find you? Excellent, excellent. I am uh, D Arlando Fortune, D-A-R-L-A-N-D-O. F-O-R-T-U-N-E, D. Arlando Fortune, all over these internet streets. You Google that, you'll find my websites, you'll find Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all these internet streets, D. Arlando Fortune. Um, now, I do want to give something out to the audience, if I may. That's good. All right, so what I would like to give out, uh, I will give a copy of my first book, Unlimited Potential. It's the ebook version of it, um, so you can check it out there, <laughs> my brother. Um, it's going to be under, it's going to be at uh, unlimitedpotentialbook.com forward slash OBS. Okay. Unlimitedpotentialbook.com slash OBS. That's for, uh, for your audience there to go get there to get a free copy of that first book, Unlimited Potential, um, as my free gift. Then, I mean, if there's anyone out who's hearing this, because some of the audience is learning more about writing, someone want to get started and they want to talk about getting started, I do have. A, uh, a free training there. They can go check out at signaturebook.com. Um, go check out, excuse me, signaturebookformula.com, signaturebookformula.com. They can check out that free training there uh, if they have any ideas and thinking about writing a book. Um, now, is our custom here mm -hmm. um, at the podcast to allow our guests mm -hmm. to have the last word? Okay. So what is your last word to the audience? What would you like to say to the audience? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm simply going to put it like this, the way I typically end my talks and so forth, is that you can be, you can do, you can have anything you want in this world. You have just got to believe. You can live a life of no doubt, just blessings. It's got to go out there and make life happen every single day. And always remember, always remember that you're only one book away from the next breakthrough in your life or in your business. Gotta go get it done. God bless y'all. Uh, that, that, that's it. Do you want me to go more? I can go, I can get right into it. If you want me to get into it, I'll get into it. How much time? Uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, actually, we don't have that much time. Uh, okay. But uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get you back on for another. Uh, okay, I'm about to say we'll I was going to keep it short. Because <laughs> I'll okay, get on my yeah, I'll, uh, I'll stand up and start preaching if you need me to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had to get you back in for another time to do that. <laughs> uh, certainly. When part of us i know you got a busy day so i'm gonna let you get back to your day but thank you so much for uh being on today you really dropped some knowledge and i hope that and i'm going to take in some of this you know as well so it's not just for the audience I'm, I'm taking in some of this you know as well and i can go back to the recordings and i can you know you know be reminded of some of the things that you have said if i feel like i'm falling by the wayside i can go back and say yeah i remember him saying it you know and i again it you have to hold yourself accountable too. Yep. But don't forget the value yeah, of having a good coach. Don't forget the value of having a right. good coach over there to help support you. I mean, I have coaches um, 
that'll help me in specific areas. I got a coach that's helping me with my, my drug addiction. I have a coach that's helping me um, with my money and my finance. I got a coach that's helping me with, uh, with my business. So, and I got a coach that's helping me with the marketing stuff that I'm learning more there. So I have coaches all over the place. Um, I even work looking at a parenting coach right now so I can be a better daddy. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, well, it's a good thing that, uh, you know, we're getting to wrap up here. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Uh, and we're going to have you on to, uh, to do a second interview with us. So be on the lookout for that. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, again, thank you so much and uh, uh, best wishes on your PhD studies. Yes, sir. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, pretty soon by this time next year, I'll call you Dr. Fortune. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, give respect when respect is due. <laughs> and uh, that would do it for us here on the Author Showcase. Uh, I'm Keith Williams, your host. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, being a part of it. We have a, we have another episode uh, this evening. So we want you to tune in. That's at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. And then we won't be back for, we're off for Thanksgiving. So there will be no podcasts uh, next Saturday. So we'll see you in about two weeks. Uh, until then, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy your Saturday. Have a great day. The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by radioguestlist.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.